Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. Relationship offers people many things. We humans require a diet that includes not only our physical needs, such as food, water, and shelter, but also a number of psychological needs that are no less important. Companionship, feeling of social validation and acceptance, feelings of perceived worth and trust in others, and sensual or sexual connection are among these added additional ingredients. Finding all of these elements in any one companion is a tall order indeed. In fact, even if that were possible, which seems unlikely, asking any one person to provide all of this sustenance for us would lay a tremendous burden on that person. In this episode, we'll consider whether there might be a more realistic, sustainable, and fair way to meet our needs. The notion of a person becoming complete is problematic from several perspectives. Let's dig deeper. First, the idea of completeness reflects a value judgment that every individual is somehow lacking. We are missing essential elements of full humanity, whatever that might be, and are thus in need of repair. Of course, if completeness means that a person is able to fully exercise all of their potential, then it is indeed true that each of us is born incomplete. It's the work of a lifetime for us to realize our potential. However, that seems a rather vacuous definition of completeness. Second, becoming a complete person is usually positioned as something that another person can do for us. That is, the fix is external to us. Such a stance conveniently takes some of our personal power and responsibility and invests it in someone else. In doing so, that approach would seem to lessen us as individuals and thus make us less complete. Third, in our culture we are usually told to seek out the right person as a companion who will complete us. That assumes that there is at least one person who has all of the attributes and capabilities that we may not have, in developed form, in ourselves. Such an assumption may or may not be warranted. Even if it is, though, we then become reliant on that person to agree to their being our complement. Thinking in terms of the right person for us also misses the possibility that even if there is no one person who possesses all of what we were missing, there may be several who, in aggregate, fill all of those gaps. That seems a more likely and realizable solution to our problem of incompleteness. Why all of this contemplation on the nature of completeness? Well, I think it's important to question both the idea that individuals are incomplete, as well as the idea that such a condition can be corrected by linking up with the one right person. Perhaps there's a different, healthier, and less fraught way to pursue achieving our full potential as individuals. I recently encountered a lovely article titled You Always Were and Always Will Be Whole and Complete by Leslie Ralph. Leslie's article suggests that being whole and complete isn't a matter of checking off all the requisites imposed by someone else's completeness checklist, but rather a matter of accepting all of the parts of who we are as a unique individual. In that sense, we all come with a full inventory of components of us. We're not tasked with trying to measure up to someone else's requirements. In embracing who we are, both the light and the dark, we recognize that the sum of all of that is a complete us. As we've noted in prior episodes, we humans are interdependent. We don't exist in isolation. Given that reality, even if we embrace all parts of us as a complete self, we still need to have other people in our lives. 
Without that, we miss the richness of social connection that is a major source of meaning for us. This realization doesn't mean that we are again in a quest to find other people to complete us. More pointedly, it does not leave us looking for the one without whom we are incomplete. What it does is remind us that we have a great deal of richness to offer to others, just as we have a lot to gain from inviting others into our lives. There are a lot of things that we cannot learn about ourselves in isolation. Doing so requires us to interact with other interesting and capable individuals. The resulting dance of engagement and communication is much richer and more varied than what we can experience solely within ourselves. Inviting others into our lives is what relationships are all about. There are a seemingly infinite number of ways to do that. Some are considered mainstream within our culture, where others are more experimental and less widely practiced. In the monogamy model for committed long-term relationship, the social ideal is for a person to make one person a lifelong partner in sharing all aspects of life. That model is often described as two becoming one, even though that is a better description of unhealthy psychological fusion than of a healthy and sustainable lifelong relationship. In actuality, any relationship comprises three separate and distinct entities, you, me, and us. As practiced in Western societies, monogamy presumes a single lifelong partner. In actuality, of course, few monogamous relationships actually last a lifetime, and many monogamous relationships are punctuated by overt or clandestine sexual liaisons outside the monogamous relationship. Given human desires, it's a difficult model to sustain. That is not to say that monogamy is necessarily a flawed or undesirable way for two lives to intertwine. Those who find deep and lasting satisfaction in their partner can perhaps develop their monogamous relationships to a depth that is difficult to achieve while engaging in multiple intimate relationships. Divorce statistics suggest, though, that either such fully satisfying monogamous relationships are rare, or that some number of those who stay married do so for reasons other than being fully satisfied by one another. As an alternative to monogamy, one might try to satisfy all of one's personal companionship needs and desires by maintaining a relationship with multiple intimate partners. That is the model underlying polyamory. In polyamory, different partners bring different things or gifts into their relationships with their polyamorous partner. Some partners might share a sexual connection, while others might bring a platonic relationship. Specific partners might share different interests and life activities with one another, while those might not be shared with other partners. Some partners might share some sort of arrangement for living together, such as nesting partners, while others might have different frequencies of spending time together without living together. The range of variations in polyamorous relationships is truly mind-boggling. It's sometimes said that there seem to be as many different ways of practicing polyamory as there are participants in poly. While that might be a slight exaggeration, it seems not far from the truth. We've explored some of those possible variations in previous episodes of Two Open Doors, and we have much more ground to cover in future episodes. The point of this episode is to observe that it's quite possible to construct a rich and varied personal life by including a number of potentially very different individuals in that life. Each such participant brings their own special gifts to the extended relationship. As in concocting a delicious curry, the various spices can combine harmoniously to yield a flavor with subtlety and depth that no single spice can provide. In seeking to meld lives in this way, it's crucial to make room for the uniqueness of each participant. 
much of the difficulty in successfully living a polyamorous life comes from trying to ask individuals to give what they are unable or unwilling to contribute, and in so doing to be something other than who they truly are. If instead, each partner is allowed room to seek what gives them joy in a relationship while contributing what they wish to, a mutually satisfying symbiosis can be created. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.